So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode 39 of So There. I'm... Gary Doyle. And I'm Tom Karamitis. How you doing, Gary Tom? Doyle. <laughs> Gary Doyle is sick. <laughs> He's very sick. Don't be scared, everybody. I don't think I have the COVID. Uh, but I, yes, I have a nasty cold. I've had one for about 10 days. So I will, like David St. Hubbins, I'm a professional. I will rise above. Oh, that was, I'm sorry, that was Nigel Tufnell. I will rise above. I'm a professional. No, it's fine. It's fine. You also have kind of a nice, sexy new timbre, or is it timbre, to your voice. You're, you're kind of down in the mezzo-baritone range right now. I think it's timbre, actually. It's neither. Oh, really? Yeah, right. timbre. All right. So what yeah. does timbre mean, other than a wood thing, other than wood? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, are you, are you sure you're up to this? Yeah. No, uh, you're just really kind of struggling a little bit. I see you on the little video and <laughs> you know, I might want to mention this uh, doing a pod today was your idea Easter Sunday, so if if our listeners can put up with a little bit of coffee, and a little bit of uh, you know, sultry, sexy Gary Doyle voice, then uh, you know, if you can do that, I can too, our loyal listeners. Tom, we're uh, we're doing something special next episode, aren't we? Next two episodes, actually, yeah. Whoa, you want to tease that out? Well, let's uh, let's let's tease it to the end of this this episode because we have a couple of very special episodes coming up, and we'll talk about talk about that more towards the end of this episode. This way, we'll force people to muddle through twenty minutes of gibberish to get to that. It's called a tease. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I'll kick things off, Tom. Um, you know, now, now is a time of year called March Madness and everybody watches the college games on, uh, on, uh, TV and I've been doing the same and, uh, and, and there's a lot of ads, um, on the, to, on the games. And as my set, as my son said, they seem to repeat the same eight or ten ads over and over and over again. Clearly, certain sponsors, you know, paid for premium, you know, ownership rights, sponsorship rights, and and you just see these ads over and over again. So, I've uh, I'd like to bounce a few off you, see what you think. Have a little lightning round here. I'm sure you've seen most of these ads. If you haven't, I can I can move on. But a quick little lightning round. All right, I'm going to give my opinion, then I want to hear yours. Okay, first off, AT and T, Lily, Lily. The AT&T spokesperson, the woman who is in the store and people come in and and do things and they talk about the phones. And I think these are quite good. I, uh, I think they're charming. Are they groundbreaking creative? No. Uh, but they're, they're well-written, expertly acted, well-directed. Uh, Lily herself is charming. She has a lot of charm. I just, I just appreciate the simple professionalism of the Lily ads. Like I said, are they going to reinvent advertising? No, but I, I, I respect how, 
I respect how solid and good they are. Uh, I would say at this point for me, um, the Lily backstory is much more interesting than the Lily ads. Uh, I didn't know she actually directed those commercials until you pointed that out to me last week. Um, yeah, you know, I think they're pleasant. She's she's a great spokesperson. She's thoroughly likable. Um, she's a decent actress. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit, bit of a shoulder shrug to me. I mean, I, I don't if if I didn't know the backstory, I, I don't think I would really be that that compelled. So I'm not quite as bullish on them as as you are. Fine, you don't like them as much as me. Okay, next, there's an Apple ad with a woman who uh, drops her phone. She she drops it and and she kind of balances it and it's sort of you know that it she's. She's trying to catch it, and it's all through the air, and she's just bumbling around trying to catch it before it drops, and there's a piece of music going, you know. And so, uh, uh, you know, a good enough ad. And, and But then in the end of the ad, the phone, she's walking down a city street, but for some reason at the end of the ad, the phone drops in sand. And the point they make is an unbreakable screen. And it's so baffling to me. Why do they have a drop in the sand when you're making the point that it's an unbreakable screen? Wouldn't it land on the concrete? I mean, the rest of the ad is on a typical city sidewalk. You don't even see any sand, but it lands on sand. And I, I, I just wonder, you know, I looked at that and I wondered if the lawyers got involved. Like they said, no, you know, you, you really can't have it landing on concrete because it could theoretically break. It needs to land on a softer surface. And if they kind of reshot it, landing in sand but i find it i found it baffling what do you think of that tom totally agree with you in fact i noticed the same thing and and had came to a very similar conclusion and my my, my guess and maybe somebody who works on apple can can contact us but my guess is what happened was this um this insight about that it will not actually survive a fall to concrete came to light after the commercial was shot and they had to scramble and you know, it doesn't land on a beach. It's not that soft. But you're right. It's kind of like a dirt road kind of environment. and uh, Like a dirt I planter, would, a tree planter or something. Something, yes. yeah. I, I, I just remember coming away with, wow, that was a bizarre cheat. You're right. She's obviously in the city. They do this elaborate slow motion dance where she's trying to cap, you know, catch it before it hits the ground. And then it's like, really? Everyone's expecting that, oh, wow, the phone can survive landing on on a concrete sidewalk <laughs> and wow it was uh it was a huge disconnect for me as well right all right moving on to the tax preparation category now april 15th is coming up fast so the tax preparer companies are running ads there's h&r block which which is like a song and dance ad where they're singing a song and i, I think it's trying to be funny but it isn't it doesn't quite land and then TurboTax has a uh a thing that's all about free there's people working out in the gym and the and the and the workout instructor is going and free and free and free <laughs> and it's <laughs> all all they say is free and it's oddly funny maybe it's because i know wyden and kennedy does it so i'm predisposed to like it but uh, it's oddly funny so i i approve of the TurboTax ads i'm gonna have to give an asterisk on 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 h&r block because um the only thing, there's one thing that distracts me in that ad, and there's a woman who tends to be in the foreground of a lot of those uh, choreography shots. She looks like somebody at Leo Burnett, and I keep studying her because she looks like somebody at Leo Burnett. But yeah, I mean, it's, I, I think that's, it's, it's, it's kind of cute. It's kind of a catchy musical number they did, and they went to a lot of trouble with the choreography. It feels like a, a bit out of left field thematically. Um, 
the 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 terrible tax free 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 i find is just kind of grates on me a little bit i'm not as much of a fan of that one yeah i'm I'm not a huge fan there's just something kind of funny about it okay um not going to dwell on these too long buick self-parking ads where they the car parks itself and the woman for some reason when the man self-parks the ad she goes to him that's so you and I don't understand what a part what part about it is so him. But anyway, I find that baffling. Um, what do you think of that, Tom? Have not seen that one. Okay. Uh, next, a Pizza Hut ads with Craig Robinson. Uh, again, one of these ads that I have no idea what's going on, except it's Craig Robinson and it's about Pizza Hut. I need more information. What does he do in the spot? Uh, never mind. All right. A uh, couple more examples and we'll move on. Um, Geico with... Dikembe Mutombo. So, oddly enough, there's a couple ads on March Madness with with uh, tall athletes, African-American athletes, blocking things. David Robinson comes in and swats away something. And this Dikembe Mutombo ad is he swats away things. And, and, uh, and you know, like all Geico ads, it's pretty pretty good geico is just you know they just they make it look easy uh i i I like the ad but one thing bothers me about it after every time he swats the thing away he wags his finger which is his maneuver that he's famous for in the nba but then after every time he does that he goes so he does it swats another one and he does it about seven or eight times and he didn't do that in the NBA. He just swatted things away and wagged his finger. And I think, I'm guessing, having been in so many of these situations in ad agencies, I'm guessing they said, you know, we got to make him likable. You know, he can't just be a guy that's just swatting things out of the air and being mean and wagging his finger. We got to make him likable. So let's make him do this ho, 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 this big ho, ho, ho after each one. And I find it, I find it disconcerting and it bothers me that they felt they had to do that you know and it's in literally everyone you know this big fake laugh yeah you know uh, a couple things about that uh, my, my sense with the laugh is somebody discovered he had a funny laugh when they were talking to him or, or getting ready to do the commercials that became a bigger and bigger part of the the execution but to me the even more puzzling thing is that commercial is at least five years old that campaign is five years old those two guys with the guitars and uh, why they seem to and maybe they just resurrected it for for march madness but it just seemed kind of out of left field i never liked that campaign i never understood those two guys at the end with the guitars they they weren't funny they just basically gave you a sum up line at the end and um so yeah shoulder it, shrug here it's not my favorite geico campaign but i was more uh more kind of noting the, the strange laugh after each one apparently geico doesn't think they have quite enough campaigns out there so they needed to <laughs> resurrect one from five years ago lastly in the ads in uh, in uh, living in the in the 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 voluminous gary doyle i don't quite understand what they're trying to say file which is a growing advertising file i keep the capital one ads with spike lee charles barkley and uh who's the other guy anyway i never have any idea what they're doing or what they're trying to say or what it has to do with the card i know it's three guys on a road trip and it's kind of fun and you know they're hanging out and they're talking and then at the end i'm like what what does that have to do with capital one and what are they trying to say if i complete and they've been doing these for 10 years and i still have you'd think it would sink in but i have no idea yeah, I uh, I haven't seen those ads. I, I, th- I thought when you were going to say Capital One, you were going to think of the the campaign they're running with with what's his name? Who's the actor who's been doing it for years now? 
Oh, that's the other guy in the ad, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, he's the who's always guy. angry. Yeah, he's always angry, and that always intimidates me into kind of maybe I need to take out an a, a Capital One account. Maybe you know, the cap- go ahead. No, I was like, doesn't Capital One? Don't they also run those spots where there's some kind of weird hybrid? bank coffee shop environment that they say this is the new banking experience or something you're supposed to come to and they show a bunch of people and on sofas drinking coffee and looking at their computer screens is it have yeah. you seen those what is yeah. that <laughs> it's a guy it's a guy with a beard and he's he will heretofore be known as the capital one guy right because he's become the capital one guy you know that's you know and he, he goes this is banking reimagined this is Capital One. And then he talks about things. And But, yeah, it's completely innocuous. He's just a confident, smiling white guy with a beard who's like, yes, Capital One cafes, you can learn about your money and have a good cup of coffee. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's one of those campaigns that, that really is through sheer media tonnage. It just becomes it just it just becomes a thing. It's really not any kind of good idea. It just becomes a thing because they just bludgeon you with with uh, with uh, impressions. As I like that sheer media tonnage. It's like you think you think of a you think of a freighter in the Suez Canal, you know, getting stuck. That's sheer media tonnage. Anyway, Tom, that's my March Madness commercial roundup. So there. I like uh, I, I, I I like that I like that kind of rapid fire uh, you know thing Gary Doyle's quick impressions. I'm gonna do something that's uh, kind of similar. I, I'm I'm gonna resurrect a, uh, a a bit that you hate and you only hate it because I thought of it called uh, "You're Welcome." <laughs> and uh, th- this is where I. I, I, I do a favor for, for an advertiser out there, you know, give them an idea free of charge and they can do with it what they will. But the, the first gatekeeper is always Gary Doyle. He can let me know if he thinks it's worth passing on. Um, one of them was, uh, you know, I kind of thought about how, how Oprah Winfrey has um, become kind of the spokesperson for, for Weight Watchers. And I thought, you know, what about she all has? of... I, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. I think she bought like, she bought like 80,000 shares of Weight Watch. Really? She's like, she may be a majority stockholder at this point, but she's now um, also a, uh, uh, the, 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 the spokesperson for, for Weight Watchers. But all of this stuff seems to be targeted, as it historically has been, at, at women. And I thought, why not target some of Weight Watchers stuff towards kind of fat middle-aged guys? And uh, you can do that by um, resurrecting the old Hollies classic and repurpose it to say, he ain't heavy. He's on Weight Watchers. You like that? <laughs> uh, hey, it's found money for the Hollies. That's an old song. Sometimes all I need is the food that I eat and to lose weight. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, it's he ain't fun. heavy. It's, He's on Weight Watchers. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I'm being particular about it, the he's on Weight Watchers part doesn't quite match phonetically. He's my brother, right? There's like one or two too many consonants there. Sweet you know, of God. it's it's like the uh, 
you know, it's like the ad campaign where they write us rewrite a song. You just and you could tell they're trying to squeeze in a product benefit or two, but it's just really clumsy. So I like the idea. Uh, you know, I might suggest. You know, he's not heavy. It's weight. Thanks, Weight Watchers. He's yeah. not heavy. Thanks, Weight Watchers. See, that's what the creative director does of the pod, Tom. Even when I'm sick, I just. I somehow improve things. I somehow make them better. So I will give you the raw diamond, and you can kind of polish it up a little bit. Yes. What were you saying a second ago about um, the, the, the other technique is to take, uh, take lyrics and kind of re repurpose them? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Do you, I used to have a, a car. Uh, I don't think they make it anymore. It was a minivan. It was, called, it was a Nissan Quest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I decided, uh, what, what, and they don't make it anymore, so this obviously won't work unless they resurrect the brand. But um, I took, a, do you remember the song, The Impossible Dream? Well. Oh, sure. All right. Yeah. This is my quest <laughs> with rear wheel drive. Just 29995 <laughs> What do you think of that one? I like that. Thank you. I think that would uh, be an excellent ad. Somebody driving it, a you know middle-aged suburban schlub. Maybe the fat middle-aged man from your Weight Watchers ad could be singing that. <laughs> I get it. I like it. Thank you. Now, see, I don't have a build on that. That's a that's a good idea. So there. Tom, I uh, I would like to discuss a couple issues that I'm having with cyberspace. All right. So perhaps this happens to you. I'm sure it has. So you, let's say you're getting too many emails from an entity, whatever it is, like a, you know, a life insurance company or, a, you know, a whatever, a rep or a film production company or, you know, anything. And so you un unsubs unsubscribe, you hit unsubscribe. And then I noticed the other day, and this happens a lot, you get a message back saying, thank you. This takes seven to 10 days to process. I'm like, wait, seven to 10 days? So that's not right. It doesn't take seven to 10 days to process. And then, and then you get a survey asking why you unsubscribe. Tell us why you're going. Too many emails, not happy with the product, uh, what, did not want them to begin with, whatever. The, you know, and, and then, and then if you, uh, you know, if you, if you if you say you know if you then say why you unsubscribed or or uh, or you know or uh, you know you unsubscribe, then you often get an email immediately following that says you've unsubscribed. <laughs> Isn't that just a little bit involved? Like I've I've unsubscribed and now I've gotten three different. Things I need to do to unsubscribe, and then a confirmation email that says you've unsubscribed. Yes, and the reasons they give you for unsubscribing—they never give you the real reason, which is because I hate you. <laughs> and they also—they also throw in that little thing. They say, "Should you change your mind?" <laughs> it's like really. I wonder how many people click that one. Who makes these decisions on these unsubscribe? You know, who's the the guy that says? You know, when people unsubscribe, let's immediately send them another email. 
<laughs> and then and then all the executives in the room are like, "Great!" They're all high five at each other. Let's go hey, to lunch. <laughs> they probably figure, you know, hey, you've you, you've got their attention for a second. Maybe there's a one in a thousand chance they'll reconsider. We'll throw them a little bit of a we'll throw them a little kernel, like, "Hey, you won't. You're not going to find out about our, you know, weekly." discounts and stuff or whatever i have another issue with cyberspace tom it's okay. called so when you when you do something it gives you a little it gives you a thing called captcha and that bothers me right there that it's called captcha did you guys meant to call it capture but this is some sort of hipster like uh <laughs> version of that captcha yeah, it's not capture it's, it's captcha i wonder if it's it's c-a-p-c-h-a right or, or c-a PT yeah I thought it was maybe I don't know but I always read it as it's capture only it's sort of right. the, hey man I'm gonna capture this I I, I assumed it was um uh, uh what's the word not anagram the uh, you know it, the letters standing for something um oh I don't know it annoys me but then but then you get your your face they give you a grid of nine pictures and they say click the ones with a crosswalk on them and then and some of them you have to look really hard at the crosswalk and some of them that crosswalk is just a tiny corner of one picture and you might miss that crosswalk on the one picture so if you get it wrong you, oh gotta try again or sometimes it's the they survey these letters like five letters it looked like they were they were designed by a by a, 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 a an art director on drugs like a font designed by somebody somebody on drugs because it's kind of wavy and semi-intelligible and Tell us what these letters are. Sometimes they are unintelligible. I've, I don't know about you. I've gotten them wrong sometimes. Because I'm guessing, is that an of L course. or a 1 or an I? You know. Yeah. Capture. I once, uh, a few years ago, decided the day after Christmas uh, was going to go through all of my emails and, and unsubscribe from every uh, mailing list I could possibly find that I was... Uh, victimized by and it didn't you know what it, it was like spitting in the ocean it, it didn't make a difference they, they, they were it was promptly replaced by by other other services and i didn't really notice any difference but it was i, I felt self-empowered i felt you know hey i'm taking charge here you know you, you did something i did something it was fruitless but i did something so there So, uh, earlier in the episode, Tom, or maybe it was I, I've forgotten already, mentioned uh, something special at the end of the episode. And since you, the listener, have stuck around till the end of the episode, we're now going to tell you what that is. Gary and I have decided we're kind of like one of those bands that has already hit their peak, which was in our, albeit in our case, was not very high. And we're kind of on the perhaps downside of our careers. So maybe it's time that we release a couple of solo albums. Now, what does that mean for So There? It means for a brief moment, Gary and I each want to try our hand with an episode where the other one does not speak at all, does not interrupt. And we want to see if we can each maintain an episode. Kind of, uh, what's your name on CNBC who talks for an hour? Con <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Maddow. 
Oh, she's MSNBC. I'm MSNBC. I'm sorry. It's kind of like the uh, the we drew inspiration from Kiss when they were, uh, as Tom said, they were starting to decline in popularity a little bit, uh, and they each each of the band members released their own solo record. Peter Chris, the drummer, had a solo record. Ace Frehley, guitarist. Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons all released their own solo record on the same day. Yeah, uh, other bands have as well, and and we thought, you know what, this is this is a chance. Uh, this is yet a, this is also a very thinly veiled opportunity for Gary and I to compete again in another way to see which of us can perhaps do something more compelling in our 20 minutes or 25 minutes. Right, so, because when, when KISS came out with their solo records, it became a big thing, like, who sold the most? Right? Right. So, uh, And since our total listenership falls within what people would call the margin of error, um, you know, uh, 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 Gary and I are going to record our solo podcasts, and then we're going to listen to each other's, and we're going to offer each other, you know, hurt, uh, potential, hopefully not hurtful, but but pointed critiques uh, on each other's podcasts, and also we might ask um, an objective listener or two to tell us what they thought and which perhaps they enjoyed more. Right, we're going to hire a guest judge to tell us who was better. Um, so it should be pretty compelling. It should be, it should be almost as compelling as back in the early days of the internet when, when Tom or Tom and I hosted a competition on hot or not, we posted our pictures on hot or not. One of the very first websites, uh, on the internet and, uh, and, and garnered votes to see who was hotter. And I think Tom won by like 83 to 77, right? Wasn't that it? Once again, as in the margin for error, I think it was a, a one to ten scale, and I think one of us was one point five, and the other was one point three. So, um, but uh, but another thing to look out for when these solo episodes are released, we're going to release them both the same day. So uh, uh, we ask you listeners to listen to them both. You know, uh, sample from from the two dishes put before you. We're not going to stagger them by a month. You'll have two episodes. Boom, boom. We'll try not to make them too long. As long as they need to be. Whoa. Whoa, sounds like... I know Gary has been intrigued at the idea of a five-minute episode. I keep trying to talk him out of it, but this might be the opportunity for Gary to do a five-minute episode. Sounds like a veiled threat by Tom Karamidas to to try a two-hour filibuster. So there. Just a reminder, friends, if you want to reach us, uh, so there at yahoo.com. We are not as always, we don't monitor that. Uh, we used to monitor that email address uh, several times a day, thinking we we're going to be getting loads of emails. And we probably get one email a month. So uh, apologies if we don't respond as quickly uh, as, as we should. We'll, we'll try to do better. We have not thanked our. Um, our staff in a while, our, our sound engineer and uh, composer of our theme song, John Bender, um, the designer of our logo, uh, Jim Fur. Uh, am I leaving anybody else out, Tom? No, so we don't have a studio engineer anymore since we do this remotely. Right. We don't have a sponsor at the moment. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Segway. Yes. If anybody would like to advertise on So There... 
contact us at so there at yahoo.com. So there reaches a small but highly influential audience of uh, thinkers, doers, uh, marketing pros, nimrods, people with <laughs> too much time on their hands. Uh, so please, if you'd like to sponsor us, let us know. The fees. Very affordable. Uh, very affordable. <laughs> the payoff, likely minimal, but that's it for the uh, pitch. Sometimes you do things just to feel good about it, you know? This is one of those. Actually, it just goes to cover our hosting fees. That's all. So so if you'd like to advertise on So There, let us know, So There. And until next time, for Gary Doyle, this is Tom Carmitis saying so, so there, there.